Thank you for downloading the podcast. We believe the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. In your Bibles this morning, we can turn to the book of Romans chapter 10 as we continue to study the subject of faith. I have to be very careful. In traveling for many years, I taught on faith a lot. So I have to be careful as I do it here in the church. I don't teach on it near as continually as I did when I was on the road. And I preached on it so much and taught on it so much that sometimes i got to watch myself so I stay with the, stay with the subject. Amen. Don't ramble, don't, don't go off from side to side. But we saw, as we begin this study, after we finished our redemptive study, we saw that the just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. We also saw that faith pleases God, and also that faith is not a generic term that describes the denomination you belong to. Faith is something given to us by God that helps us to tap into what God has provided for us in Christ. By faith we're saved. By faith, we're healed. By faith, we prosper. Uh, by faith, we have righteousness in our life. Uh, by faith, we enter into the joy of the Lord. Uh, by faith, there is a powerful calling of God upon our lives. By faith, we have a destiny as individuals, as families, and as a church. Uh, by faith, if you die, you'll go to heaven. By faith, one day the rapture will take place and take us that don't die to heaven. Amen? By faith, we know there is a Jesus. By faith, we know there is a... I notice I'm not using the term believe. I'm using no. By faith, we know there is, G, there is a Jesus. By faith, we know there is a Heavenly Father that loves us. By faith, we know we're saved and empowered by the Holy Ghost. Amen? So you take the element of faith out of our lives. By faith, we praise and worship God. By faith, we pray. By faith, we give of our finances. You take the element of faith out of Island Church, what do you have? Nothing. You have absolutely nothing. You say, why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And at the end of the day, when everything's said and done, we want to make sure that when we stand before God, God looks at us and says, well done, thy good and faithful servants. You walked by faith. You live by faith. Amen? So we begin to study, oh, a couple of weeks ago, different things that, um, about faith, about what it is. Now we're starting to kind of enter into these particular, what I like to call, principles of faith and understanding these principles of faith in their operation. We saw last week in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, uh, verse 9 and 10, excuse me, and, and in verse 11, uh, also, excuse me, verses 9 and 10, that the belief system of the human being is made up of the heart and mouth. Everybody say the heart and the mouth. The Bible says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, we know that by the word of God that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, we know that in Romans ten seventeen says that, but many times we make a mistake by allowing other things to inspire us, making us think that we have faith when we really don't. You say, now what, do you, what, what does that mean? Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and that's a repetitive verb there, which means hearing over and over and over again. 
So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Therefore, we must conclude as students of the Bible that the only source of faith is the Word. And let me say that again. That the only source of faith is the Word. Everybody say the Word. Now, the reason I'm saying that is because many times people have gotten themselves in trouble by acting or using what we're going to study in the next few weeks as the principles of faith. They've used it inspirationally based on what someone else received and how they received it instead of using it informationally according to the Word of God. You know, there's always going to be the great testimony out there of somebody that gave away their car and got an airplane, somebody gave away the watch and got a building, somebody that did this and got that. Now, that's wonderful. I've had those in my life. We've seen them. But here's the thing. The inspiration of what somebody else has received will not cause faith to come to your heart. I've read several books uh, on people that have received things and, and, and have enjoyed them because I understand faith and understand the intent of what the book is saying. But let me just throw this out to you because you've got to be careful uh, how you read things and how you approach things. Any testimony that is given about somebody receiving from God by faith does not set in concrete how to receive. Let me say that again. Any testimony of how somebody receives something by faith does not set in concrete how to receive. Uh, you take an individual, we use the term, uh, because I did hear somebody give the testimony of giving away a car and getting an airplane. So they, they give away a car and they get an airplane, so they write their book, How to Get an Airplane. Amen? And it's full of scripture. There's all kinds of scripture in there. And they say, well, you know, uh, I believe God to pay off my car uh, so I can give it away. And then God spoke to me to give my car to this missionary. And so when I gave it to this missionary, then I just released my faith, began to thank God for my airplane. And then three weeks later, somebody uh, flew in in an airplane and gave it to me. Praise the Lord. Well, here's the thing. You could be believing God for the same thing, but God could require different action or activity from you in order to get the same result. Take healing, for instance. I've heard testimonies about healing. How this person did this, and how this person did that, and how this person, well, I, I did this, and I stood on the Word, and I did this, and I stood on the Word, and I did this, and I went to the doctor, and I did this, and I went to... Well, listen, here's the thing. God can require of two different individuals, two different acts of faith in order to achieve the same thing, both on different levels of faith. So if we confuse and think that everything is written in stone when it comes to the how-tos of faith, we can get messed up and get in trouble thinking that the only way brother so-and-so received, that's the only way to get it. Or the only way sister so-and-so received, that's the only way to get it. No, the principles are true. The principles are the same, but the actions can be different. Kind of like catching a fish. One guy can go out and use live bait. Another guy can go out and use artificial bait. Another guy can go out and use a stick of dynamite. You know, all of them are going to catch fish, amen? Well, there are just dif different applications to achieve the same thing. So let's begin with the first one, Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. Notice what it says, faith cometh by hearing. 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 It doesn't say faith cometh by listening. Now let me say that again. 
Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Faith cometh by hearing. Now we know according to Romans chapter 12 that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. But that measure of faith must be woke up and activated. Amen. Uh, One translation of Romans chapter 12 actually says that faith is awakened by the message. So we must wake up the faith that is on the inside of us or the deposit of faith that the Word makes in us, we must act upon it or it lies there dormant. In the New Testament, everybody say the New Testament. Now, we we judge the New Testament as being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the letters to the church, the book of Revelation. Now, in the New Testament, written in Greek, it was originally written in Greek. I know there was some Aramaic that was mixed in. There was some Latin, but eventually from the Greek uh, uh, language was brought to us what we call the King James Bible. In the King James Bible, there are two words for the word word. There was the word logos, everybody say logos. And there was the word rhema, everybody say rhema. Now actually, in reality, the word logos is the word that is written, the word that is proclaimed, amen, the word that is spoken, but the word rhema is completely different. It is the word that is alive. It is the word that is real. Let me say it like this. It is the word that you hear. Now, when we come and we hear the Word of God taught, what we're doing is we're listening to the Logos. Listening to the Logos. Listening to the Logos. Listening to the Logos. Trusting the Holy Ghost to help us hear the rhema. You say, what do you mean? I know there's a particular lady. She comes to the second service. She's not here. But she came for approximately three months and listened to the Word. And listen to the Word. And listen to the Logos. And listen to the Logos. And listen to the Word. And listen to the Logos. And listen to the... And then all of a sudden, one Sunday, she heard. And we gave the altar call at the end of the service for people to get saved. She got out of her seat and came up. Took her three months to hear. But when she heard, she did what? Acted on it. You can always tell what you've heard. You say, why? You will always act on or you will always apply the principles of faith to that which is alive that which is real, that which is rhema to you. Remember Mary, when she said, be it unto thy handmaiden according to thy, that's the word rhema, according to thy word. Remember when uh, uh, Jesus, uh, Jesus told Peter, he said, cast your net on the other side and you'll catch, uh, uh, catch the fish, catch a drought. And he said, we've toiled all day. Nevertheless, at thy, that's the word rhema, at thy word. That's why when you go out and say the same thing, it doesn't work for you. You just listened, he heard. That's why you've got to make a decision to do more than just listen to the Word of God. You've got to say, Lord, help me to hear what you're saying. Help it to become a part of me. Help it to wake up on the inside of me. Help faith to come to me so that when I hear it, I will act upon it. I will know it is rhema in my spirit. Now, (laughs) communication with words is something unique to the human family. Other species of animals do not communicate with an understandable language. I've got a parrot at the house. He can say all kinds of stuff, but he doesn't know it. Sometimes you think he does, but he doesn't. I gave him a peanut the other day, and he reached up to grab it with his foot, and it fell through his foot and landed in the bottom of his cage. He looked up and goes, oh. <laughs> so I reached down again. Well, I don't know if he knew that or not, you know. But, you know, there's not a whale language. People will tell you there is. There's not a do- People say, dolphins are almost as smart as humans. Well, I never saw a dolphin using a cell phone. Amen. 
There's no language. Now, there are sounds that animals make, and they can respond to those sounds. There are sounds that they make when they, when they feed, when they breed, when they do other things. There are sounds that they make, but they are not a language like humans have. Language comes from God. God gives us language. What language is, is the ability to assimilate and transmit thought. The Bible, the Word of God, is the assimilation of God's thoughts and the transmission of it. And God's Word is in, it's, it's, how can I, what word can I use that'll correctly uh, illustrate it? God's Word is full of faith. The Word is full of faith. It's full of faith. How much faith do you want? The Word is full of it. How much do you want to hear? There was a wonderful testimony. Ted and Ella probably remember it. Back at Lakewood in the early 80s, there was a baby born to a mother in the church without a brain. There's a certain condition for that. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but basically the brain stem uh, went up into the, into the, in, where the head is, and then uh, there was just a, a black spot upon it and no brain whatsoever. And just, just horribly, uh, you know, the, 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 the doctor said, you know, you need to unplug this child uh, from the breathing machine and all this kind of stuff. And this lady, she wouldn't be denied. And she was not somebody that had been to Bible school. She was not somebody that had an enormous amount of teaching. She'd just been going to Lakewood Church a couple of years. Brother Osteen had been teaching her faith, teaching her faith. Teaching. She got a book on the development of that child. And she got her Bible. And she started speaking faith to that child. She took that baby home. They told her, you take that baby home, it'll die. She took it home. She began to speak life and speak life and speak life and speak. And a baby at, at one month was supposed to be doing this. And at two months doing this. And at three months doing this. And at five months doing this. And she just began to take the Word of God and what that baby was supposed to do and put it together and confess it and confess it. She took that child back to the doctor at six months of age. And there was a perfectly formed, developed brain in its head. I saw the child on Christian television about two years ago. He has now graduated with a master's degree from Oral Roberts University. He's smart as a whip, amen? And that is a documented miracle of not some wonderful preacher, and we love wonderful preachers with great anointings. Come on, church, give me a better amen than that. We love people with great giftings, but it is a wonderful testimony of an individual taking the word, the logos, allowing it to become the rhema, and then acting on the principles of faith so that a miracle might be achieved, something from the unseen brought into the seen so that God can be glorified. That's what faith is designed to do. Now, just for a moment, let's think about listening and how listening has to be developed in our lives so that we are able to overcome distractions. If you can learn to listen when the Word of God is taught, you will hear. Let me say that again. If you can learn to listen when the Word of God is taught, you can hear. Faith will come to you. Listening many times is a problem. Uh, all, all of the married couples in here know, uh, especially the men. And the lady said, Amen. You can talk to your husband and you can form the English words. Amen. And say the same thing over and over and over again. And get the look of understanding. 
And at the end of the day, we ain't heard a word you said. Might as, well, might as well just, you know, I mean, you go out and you mow. Here it is, Saturday. It's Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you're going to barbecue on Monday, and you're going to have a good time. So you go out and you mow your yard, you know, and you, and, you, uh, and you finish it up, and you go in and take a cool shower, and you go sit in your recliner. You turn on the TV, and the outdoor channel is on, or they're playing baseball, or they're doing this, and they're doing that, and you're watching TV, and here comes your loving wife. Here you are, the spiritual head of the house, the man of God, the high priest of the home. In comes your loving, submissive wife and she begins to talk and communicate to you and you're sitting there and you're eating a sandwich and you're drinking a cool glass of lemonade and you're enjoying and you know after about 15 minutes she recognizes there's really nothing wrong with your hearing nothing wrong with what is it the, the anvil, uh, the hammer or the, the, uh, the stirrup in your ear the inner, the middle, the outer ear you know she knows she's speaking the correct language and she notices though for 15 minutes she has been communicating to you but you have not what? heard because in saying to the wonderful high priest of the house, hey, you had not heard a word I said, have you? They turn up and say, huh? You talking to me? Which is proof of although communication is taking place, a connection is not being made. That's why when you come to church, one of the first things we do is we allow Brother Allen to exhort, to pray. What does prayer do? Helps focus you. Then we do what? We go into praise and worship. We are doing everything we can do to get all of the distractions out of your mind so that when we teach the Word of God, faith can come and you can hear. You can sit and listen and the Holy Ghost, which is your helper, which is your guide, which is the one that takes the written word and reveals the living word, Jesus. He can get into your spirit and cause the word to be illuminated, to cause it to come alive. You have to teach yourself. You have to make yourself. You have to sit there. You have to learn. To, that's why I tell people, bring a Bible to church. Why? Look at the scriptures. Write in your Bible. Make notes. Get a notebook. Do everything you can do to pay close attention and listen because you never know when the Holy Ghost will drop that faith and you will hear something that will totally change and revolutionize your life. Amen? So number one, everybody say number one. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing. There is an element of repetition. I know I've had people write me letters to me. I'd come back to Island Church, but you preach the same old thing over and over and over. And if you're coming here 20 years from now, I'm going to be teaching on redemption. I'm going to be teaching on faith. I'm going to be teaching on how to serve God. We're going to do the same thing, what? Over and over and over and over because there is an element of repetition to everything in life. Anything in life that is repetitious to you becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of you. So if you can hear and hear and hear and hear the word of faith, the word of healing, the word of prosperity, over. I never forget. We, 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 our first house, Lee and I bought, 39th and P would be the northeast corner. Beautiful little Victorian home. We, we restored it. It's got a black fence around it and a, and, a, and a big oak tree. And I was mowing the yard one morning. And I looked up and there's a guy standing at the fence. 
And so I, I looked, I kind of recognized him, so I walked up a little closer, and I recognized who he was. Didn't know his, didn't remember his name, but knew, knew, knew him from a, from, a, from a previous church and a Bible school that I'd preached at. So he's sitting there just, tears arose. So I cut the mower off. I thought maybe, you know, there's a crisis in his life or something and needs prayer. I went over there, unlocked my fence, opened the gate, had him come on in. We sat down on the steps. I said, what's wrong? Can I pray with you about something? He says, today I was coming to my job. I was driving over the causeway. He said, I was listening to one of your tapes from Bible school. He said, I went to Bible school five years ago. This was, this was at that time in about 96. So he went to Bible school about 1990. He said, I went to Bible school in about 1990, about five years ago. And he said, today, driving over the causeway like you would flip a switch, I understood it. Well, what happened was faith came to him. The Holy Ghost illuminated something that was taught to him over and over and over and over and over and over till what? Till that switch of faith was thrown and the Holy Ghost illuminated that word on the inside of him and it became a part of him. Now the same thing's true of us. That's why it is important to be a seeker. Everybody say a seeker. See, a lot of people, uh, they, they have what I like to call nugget Christianity. They like nuggets. That, that I heard this from, they can quote what all the preachers say. And it's good to quote what the preachers say. But it's not real. I know Brother Hagin wrote Mark eleven twenty three, Amen. But here's the deal. He got a revelation of that and taught on it so much that everybody thought he must have wrote it. But he did not write it. God wrote it. And it can become what Brother Hagin says, Brother Copeland says, Brother Osborne says, Brother Oral Roberts says, Pastor Rusty says, or it can become what God says. And when it becomes what God says, that's a sign that it's become rhema in your spirit and that it's woke up on the inside of you and now it has become a part of you. It's the word that is real, the word that is alive. It is the word that is a threat to the enemy. It is the word that will cause healing to manifest, prosperity to manifest, and it is the word you will confess and act on your entire life. I'm still hearing. I'm still hearing. I haven't heard. I'm still hearing. I'm still hearing, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, if thou shalt believe in thy heart and confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Because salvation was not an experience that happened years ago in my life. Saved is something that I am now. And the Bible says what? Now faith is. A lot of people are, well, I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. Anytime I hear somebody say, I've heard that, and most times when people say it, they say it with a critical, there's a critical uh, element. I've heard that faith message. I've heard that healing. I've heard that. Pro there's a critical, unbelieving element to it. You know what I'm saying? I've heard, what they're saying is, I listened to it for a while, tried it a little bit, and now I've just let it go. But you still need to be hearing by his stripes I'm healed. Hearing my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hearing the joy of the Lord is my strength. Hearing God has not given me a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. You see what I'm saying? Hearing, hearing over and over and over. That's why you got to come and hear the word taught. You've got to read the word, study the word, 
Meditate on the word. Memorize the word. Totally immerse yourself in the word and don't live on the nuggets of Christianity supplied by the garden of somebody else's life. Grow your own garden. We've said it for years. When you come and eat of my garden, you come and eat Brother Allen's, you eat Brother Ted and Sister Ellen in the Sunday school class, Dad, others that teach Sunday school, you eat. No, no, what about your garden? What are you growing? What are you planting? What's coming up in your life? And what are you going to reap of? So, let's read the scripture now. <laughs> i got to be careful teaching on faith. I don't know when to shut up. Verse 8, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thy heart that God is raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto the righteous, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Heart and mouth, heart and mouth, heart and mouth. Three times. Four. The scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the, Lord, for the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, that does away with predestination and Calvinism right there. Amen. How then shall they call on them in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel of peace and bear glad, glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, he's exhorting us here that faith comes especially. Now, here's, here's what's unique. Because people, they get all bowed up over this. Especially by the teaching, preaching, and proclamation. That's why we've got DAP classes. That's why we've got five services a week. That's why we've got Sunday school. That's why we teach. You say, we're doing everything we can do to get word, 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 word poured into your life. From the standpoint of not just sitting down at a table with a cup of coffee and looking at the Word, but an activated gift. Let me say that again. An activated gift, whether it be the five-fold ministry gift of pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, or an apostle, or whether it be the motivational gift of a teacher, or whatever gifting it may be, a spiritual gift, whatever gifting it may be, we want the gift, that word coming in and through the gift. You say, why? Because then the Holy Ghost element takes a part of it. And is able to come out to you and get into your spiritual ears and drop into your spiritual heart. So it is very important that you hear the word taught as much as you possibly can. Let me say that again. It is vitally important, especially in this day and hour in which we live, that you hear the word spoken as much as you can. Hear the word spoken as much as you can. Hear the word spoken as much as you can. You say, now why is that so important? Because God wants you to know that if he can run it through a ministry gift, include the element of the Holy Ghost to it, you're more likely to grasp it and hold on to it and make it yours. 
That, don't get me wrong now. Don't go out of here saying you can't get faith on your own. You absolutely can. You can study the Word. You can meditate on the Word. If you've got particular need in your life, you should be building your faith, feeding your faith every day with the Word of God. But you will find out that the majority of faith that enters into your human spirit, it will come through the informational gift of teaching the Word and then it will be inspired by preaching the word. You say, well, how do you know that? The Bible says of Jesus that he went about teaching, preaching, and healing. Imparting information, inspiration, and the demonstration of his power. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't you quit reading your Bible? No, because you get faith by reading it, meditating on it. We're going to get into speaking the word of God next week. How, how, how you let your mouth. Feed your heart faith when you don't need it. So your heart can feed your mouth faith when you do. Amen. Amen. You put it in there. You got it stored up in there. So when you need it, it'll come out. You squeeze a believer. You squeeze a word person. You know what should come out of them? The word. The word. The word. The word. The word should just flow out of them. If you squeeze somebody and unbelief and doubt and criticism, well, that's all that's in them. You squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. Squeeze a lemon, you get lemon juice. Squeeze pineapple, you get pineapple juice. You squeeze a word person, you ought to get the word just flowing out of them. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Make a decision in your life. You're going to be a hearer. Now, let me close with this. This is so simple. Remember the things of faith are simple. They're not complicated. Your belief system is simple. The principles of faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Speaking, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Acting on the word of God. Praising and thanking him for it. For simple principles, that's it. But the big question, I've had it asked many times. All right, pastor. The logos. You're teaching the logos. You're preaching the logos. I'm reading the logos every day. I'm writing notes around the logos. I've got a prayer journal. I'm writing down. I'm memorizing. When? Does the Logos cross the bridge from being the Logos and turn into the rhema in my life? It happens when you hear it. It's that simple. You can listen to something. Just like the guy that comes stood at my fence. He listened for me teach for a whole nine months, but he never heard. He listened. Listened to a tape coming across the causeway. He heard it. The lady that came for three months and didn't get saved, came up and got saved, she heard it. She listened for three months, then she heard it. I had another friend. He comes to the church from time to time. Uh, his, his work schedule kind of, kind of limits him to when he can attend. But he came to church for six months. Not to this church, to another church. And a particular minister came to a camp meeting that was being preached and preached a simple message out of the Gospel of Luke. And for six months, this man and his wife sat on the pew, heard the word taught, actually service after service, listened to listen, but didn't hear till this one special minister came and preached, and then they heard it, came up and got saved. You may, you may sit there fighting sickness and disease six months, and then all of a sudden, one word of healing, drop into your spirit, boom, you go home, you're healed. You may, you may, listen, to wor you may listen to words of prosperity for five years, and then all of a sudden, one word of prosperity, drop into your spirit, and boom, next thing you know, all your bills are paid, all your debts are retired. When you make a decision, and I'll close with this, that the, that the Word of God, the Word of God, 
the word is the most valuable thing in your life. That it, this, is the most, this is the most valuable thing in my life. This is the way I think. This is the way I act. This is who I am. This is what I have. This is what I will have. This is what I will do. This is the most valuable thing. Because if you take everything away from me, you take everything away from my life, but if you leave me this, I have more than enough to start over with right here. And he is the word. He was the word and forever will be the word. And I, I, I heard Mama Ward say this years ago. And it, it stuck in my spirit. I heard what she said when she said this. She said, you will have no greater relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ than you have with this book right here. You will have no you, you will have no greater relationship. You got, a, you, you got a Bible, and it's tore up, and it's written in, and it's all messed up, and you got to buy a new one about every other year or so. You got a relationship with this book. If you're nervous when you can't find it, where's my Bible? Y'all see my Bible? Kind of like looking for your child. Amen. If you're nervous when you, I mean, you got a relationship with this book right here. That is how much relationship, that shows you how big is your relationship with Jesus. That's it right there. There it is right there. He is the word, was the word, and forever will be the word. Everywhere he went and spoke, faith came. We'll study that when we study faith in action. When he went and spoke and people heard it, they got healed. Leprosy, you know who didn't hear it? You know who never heard him? Religious people. Religious people never heard him. Religious people got mad at him. All they knew is he spoke with authority. He spoke with power, but they got mad because they had religious ears. They had religious eyes. They could not hear, could not see. Amen. You love the Lord this morning. Lift your hands up and worship God. Father, we bless you. We thank you for the living word, Jesus, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we thank you, Father, as the word is imparted to us. We know its source. We know its effect. We know its ability. We know there's nothing impossible for those that believe. We thank you, Father. By faith, we live for you. By faith, we serve you. By faith, we're saved. By faith, we're healed. By faith, we praise. By faith, we worship. By faith, we prosper. And by faith this morning, we'll go outside this church and we'll live for you and be a blessing to others. Lord, by faith today... Thank you for joining us today. We trust you enjoyed the podcast. We extend an invitation to you. Come join us in one of our services. Sunday morning, 1045. Tuesday prayer, 730. Thursday evening, midweek service, 730. We are located 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. See you there.